0: I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, just this week, I got a case that came in, and it's a case that I think uh, a lot of us can learn from, and it really illustrates the problems and makes it clear what we're still dealing with in New Jersey. And this case involves my client who possessed a firearm similar to uh, a Troy A4. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the Troy A4, but the Troy A4 is lawfully sold in New Jersey pursuant to a state police uh, letter that um, evaluated it and said it was okay. You can see this state police letter online, and it is uh, if you go to the Troy A4 website, even they talk about the gun being Jersey legal, and they have this letter as well. And what the letter says is very interesting because it says that uh in reference to the request submitted to review the following firearm and determine legality, so they look at the Troy A4, and they said that it is um, designed and manufactured as a, quote, firearm, end quote, as defined by the Federal Gun Control Act of 1968. And they then proceed, they being the state police, to determine where this firearm falls under New Jersey law. And in the letter, the letter first reviews the definition of firearm, which does include any any gun which may be fired by means of a cartridge then we look at the definition of handgun, uh, and they have underlined there originally designed for the, or manufactured to be fired by the use of a single hand. And then a rifle, which is a firearm, and they underline here, designed to be fired from the shoulder. And then a sawed off shotgun means a shotgun or rifle that, uh, with a rifle having a barrel less than 16 inches. So looking at all the appropriate laws, and that is correct. And then they look at Title 13 of Chapter 54, which is the uh, admin code. And then further at 391, where the definition of assault firearm is found. And assault firearm, as you may know, is a f- complex five-part definition. The first part is a laundry list of about 67 named guns and then in conjunction with that there was an attorney general opinion that in the admin code they consolidate the opinion into the code even though it's not found in the statute and so it got put into the admin code in that manner but it does talk about substantially identical and what does that mean and then they put forward the 1996 Attorney General opinion that was codified into the admin code, not into law now, specifically statutes, but into the code, where it talks about semi-automatic rifles that have the ability to accept a detachable magazine and that has at least two of the following offending features. So if you have a rifle and it accepts a detachable magazine, And then a claim can be made that it is substantially identical if it has two of the following features. If it only has one, then it's not prohibited, but if it has two or more, then it is. And those features are a folding or telescoping stock, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon, a bayonet mount, a flash suppressor or threaded barrel designed to accommodate a flash suppressor, or a grenade launcher. Now, there's some interesting offending features. I know that a lot of you are going out grenade launching this weekend. I hope you have a good time doing that. Now, of course, that's ridiculous. And a bayonet mount is an offending feature. I always loved that. Like, what does that have to do with anything? What is it because of all the drive-by bayonettings? I mean, why is it even on the list? But it doesn't matter. There's no logic, of course. New Jersey banned logic in 1979, I guess. So don't go arguing logic. This is a list. That's what it is. It's codified from the AG opinion that was grabbed from the 1994 federal law, uh, basically the 94 crime bill. I like to say the bill that was a crime, and somehow that applied to New Jersey via federal law in def- and through the state of the uh, the state law with substantially identical needing definitions. So they grabbed the federal law which was not enacted by New Jersey, and then adopted it. Now, of course, the federal law itself is grandfathered and has been gone since 2004, but it lives on in New Jersey via New Jersey's definition of assault firearm, as stated. So the state police look at the definition of assault firearm, they look at these things, and then they take a look at the Troy A-4 and also letters from BATF, in their analysis and they say in the conclusion of their analysis that it is a firearm as defined in the gun control act this is from the feds but it's not a firearm as defined in the nfa which is the national firearm act so the state police and i give them credit following suit of the feds in their analysis the the state police say that they found that Troy a4 As an other firearm quote-unquote that's a definition that they're called others um, are considered firearms by the New Jersey law but they're not a handgun a rifle or a shotgun because the definition since it's designed in other words to be that it's designed for use with two hands and not shoulder fired so because it's designed for use with two hands It's not a handgun, and because it's shoulder-fired, it's outside of shotgun and rifle. And the state police say, as such, a firearm does not fit in the definition of assault firearm. Aha! Why is that? Well, it's not a rifle, and it's not a shotgun. So it's not a rifle, it's not a shotgun, nor a handgun. It can't come under an assault firearm definition, according to the state police, which requires that and then it says what's substantially identical and it must be specifically named and they don't fall under that substantially identical because it doesn't pass the test as found in the 96 guidelines that were incorporated into the admin code that i just read you so in summary the new jersey state police found that the submitted troy a4 other firearm are legal for sale in the state of new jersey and are not considered to be in a assault fire, so why review this now? Why talk about a fours i mean it 's nice it 's good it 's something cool and fun to shoot, and I get all that well it 's because legally speaking, this is now coming to the surface with a lot of problems ahead for these guns, and I want you to be aware of it and how the interplay works and in, uh, in terms of an actual case that i 've was just dealing with. So here this fellow has one of these where it is specifically uh, determined based on these features, based on this analysis, et cetera, that it's not an assault firearm. But nonetheless, he gets charged with possession of an assault firearm. Now, a lot of that can be out of ignorance just because law enforcement looks at it. They don't know what they're looking at. But a gun that is absolutely an other and falls under this category As you can see requires this intense analysis but they don't know it or maybe they don't care I don't know what the answer is but nonetheless client gets charged with assault firearm possession now the problem becomes when one is charged with possession of assault firearm not only is that criminal offense unbelievably serious it's a second-degree crime it carries up to 10 years in state's prison it has a minimum mandatory Three and a half years, no chance of parole. There's no way around it if you're convicted. The judge's hands are tied. He he, he must or she must give you at least three and a half years, no chance of parole. You'll, you will do every day of the three and a half years for your possession. And so in this case, he, my client, had lawfully acquired this from a dealer. Lawfully purchased it in New Jersey. It still didn't matter. And he gets charged with it, and now we end up dealing with New Jersey's so-called bail reform. And this is where it can go from bad to worse, and you need to be aware of just how bad it is. New Jersey's bail reform, you know, you may have heard in the media and such, they talk about it, they make it appear that, oh, bail reform lets all these bad guys get released. And it's a revolving door and blah, blah, blah. Well, to some degree depending on who's prosecuting or who the district attorney is or the attorney general is, whoever is handling this case, it's possible that these individuals can get released like that, only because bail itself has virtually been eliminated in New Jersey. And when it comes to bail reform, once you're charged on a warrant, it's either going to be you're going to be released on some type of pretrial release, essentially like the old ROR, basically is what it's going to be, meaning release on your own recognizance, or, or some degree of that, or you're going to be held. You're going to be given a pretrial detention, meaning you're going to be held in jail until your trial, folks. That can be years with no bail. That's right. And unless you work it out sooner with some kind of plea deal or win on some motion, your butt is sitting in jail, having been convicted of nothing. But in jail, you will stay. Now, the anti-gunners in Jersey had proposed and tried to put forward a bill making anybody charged with any gun offense at all, that's a Graves Act offense, meaning unlawful possession of a handgun, unlawful possession of a rifle or shotgun, unlawful possession of a assault firearm, etc. Any of these offenses, they wanted to create a presumption against release. Now there is in the bail reform a section of a certain class of persons for which there is a presumption against release. And that class consisted of two categories, but now there's a third. Now, they originally want that third category to basically be gun owners, right? But the first category that comes under a presumption of non-release is murderers. That's right. If you're charged murder, and there's probable cause for you to believe that you committed murder, There's a presumption against you being released back into society. I can almost, you know, understand that, right? We're concerned about murderers, at least we claim to be. Second category of presumption against release, those facing extended terms, you know, we might call three strikes and you're out, or those that have offenses that are going to lead to serious, maybe even life sentences, so yeah, That's the other category where there's presumption against release. Now, the anti-gunners wanted to put anybody charged with a gun offense into a third category, making gun offenders the equivalent of murderers. That's how serious they were going to make it if you were charged with a gun offense, which is very easy to have happen in New Jersey because of how terrible the laws are. But after a long fight... And a hard fight, particularly by our state association, that's ANJRPC, the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, which is the NRA state affiliate and is your main gun rights group in New Jersey. Let me just say, if you live in New Jersey and you're a gun owner and you don't belong to the ANJRPC, then uh, I don't have much respect for you. That is the minimum that you must do. Now, I'm not saying what the max is, and I'm not saying don't join other groups as well, but you better belong to your state association because that's the only way we get anything in a very difficult state accomplished. So please join. But after this fight, and it was a tough one, we were able to get the bill mitigated so that only one thing remained, and that was possession of an assault firearm. So, unfortunately, if you're charged with possession of an assault firearm, New Jersey views you in the same category as a murderer. And if you're charged with that, then there's a presumption against you being released so that you're going to be held in jail until your trial. And here I am with this case where the person is being held. First, you're held for two days, and then the state, if they're going to detain you, can hold you for another five days. here the client had been in a week we're having the hearing to make the final determination whether there's going to be this detention and luckily he had an attorney that understood the gun laws because we're able to show that this charge is wrong and not only that the judge was like counsel you know i have a presumption against releasing your client so you know that's pretty strong and um It looked like he was not going to release him because of that presumption. But we were able to show and argue and convince the judge and overcome the presumption of non-release with regard to this gun. Now, we still have to fight the criminal charge and win it over being charged with possession of an assault firearm, even though we know the state police analysis and it's out there. But you see, it doesn't stop New Jersey... From still attempting to prosecute you so even though we have this and we have the arguments and we can explain it as a matter of law it still doesn't stop New Jersey from turning law-abiding citizens into criminals here we have yet another victim of gun laws as opposed to what the aunties love to talk about which is victims of gun violence victims of gun violence well what about victims of gun law well here's one right now here's a guy that bought a gun lawfully from a dealer 100% legal license firearms ID card holder etc and is now being put through the mill over his lawful purchase to the point where his freedom was hanging in the balance without even being found guilty of anything to be held for months possibly years before he could prove his innocence over a false charge that we still have to battle this is true story my friends this is new jersey and it's how it's still operating and it has to change but until it does you need to protect yourself we come back i have some great letters from listeners see you soon
1: For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the gun lawyer resource page. Evan Nappen, America's gun lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Nappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a.
0: Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer. Thanks for being a loyal listener. Thanks for subscribing, telling your friends about it. so we you can get the word out and warn you about the treacherous actions by New Jersey and still have some fun discussing it and seeing just how absurd it is because you got to laugh. Can't lose your sense of humor through this. But I do have some interesting letters here from listeners that I want to share with you that raise some good questions about things. And I have one right here from Powell, and what he says is regarding certified firearm instructor info. I've attended your seminar in New Brunswick yesterday, and while explaining the steps for permit to carry application, you said that written notice from certified firearm instructors need to be presented for the gun we intend to apply for. And he wants to know, is the basic pistol training sufficient? I want to get the class at Gun For Hire or directly from ANGRPC. You've also mentioned the state police website with list of instructors, but I was not able to find it. Can you provide me with a link for Bergen County, Paramus, etc.? P.S. The seminar was great with lots of useful info. And he had wished there was more time for Q&A. Well... If we were doing Q&A anymore, we would be there still because it never ends with questions. But I love answering folks' questions. And uh, the key question here is, you know, the whole thing about certifying for Jersey so you can get your carry, because uh, it's not crystal clear about those requirements, although it is stated and we've talked about it on the show before. So the idea is how do you make your application the most likely to be accepted with the least amount of problems. You want to have it so that you can, you know, have it sail through with the least amount of problems and not question certification or qualification for your, quote, safe use and handling of a firearm, which is what you're going to have to prove to the satisfaction of the judge. Remember, every carry permit issued in New Jersey is issued by a judge. Carry permits are court issued so you're going to have to have the court buying this agreeing with this accepting this etc there's lots of stories about lots of things going on in the courts including what i'm hearing is courts requiring an appearance in court on every carry license and apparently a directive's coming down so the court is going to want to see everybody before they issue which is kind of fascinating. I guess the court's not going to do anything else but gun licensing because I don't know how they're going to handle all those folks. Now, whether they just want to see you because they want to be benevolent and check things out or whether it's because there's some other nefarious purpose behind it, because, remember, it is the court's originally to blame for creating the justifiable needs uh, standard. It wasn't the legislature. It was the courts interpreting those words into an impossibility so you know can we trust them now well time will tell we'll see one thing for sure if they just want to see you and they want to make sure you're decent uh you know that's uh maybe understandable since they are the issuing authority even though they shouldn't be but they are uh, yeah they want to make sure you don't show up to court with you know a punisher t-shirt on or something like that probably not a good idea and then you You know, they're going to be questioning you, et cetera. So when it comes to whether you're qualified for the uh, certifications that you've submitted, one of the tricks, one of the things is to utilize the ranges and instructors that the state police put on their website. And therefore, if the judge is questioning, you say, look, you used the very training facility that the state police put on their website. So that adds some credentials. And you can find this list under firearms information on the New Jersey State Police website for New Jersey shooting ranges. So you go firearms information, New Jersey shooting ranges. I'll read you the link now, nj.gov slash njsp slash firearms slash shooting dash ranges dot s h t m l. Of course, you can just Google firearms information, New Jersey State Police shooting ranges. And you'll come to this webpage, and we'll have the link as well in the transcript of Gun Lawyer, so you can find it there if you need it. And when you look at it, it does list a number of places. And since he asked, uh, the listener here asked about some specific places, let me read you places that are on the list, in case you may know. So in Atlantic County, They list the Atlantic County Range Facility and Full Metal Jacket Gun Range and Range 129. In Camden County, they list the Police Association of New Jersey, Cumberland County, the Bayside State Prison Pistol Range. In Essex County, the Bullet Hole Range and the Essex County College Public Safety Academy. In Gloucester, they have Bob's Little Sports Shop and Freedom Ammo Indoor Range. In Hudson, they list New Jersey Firearms Academy and Longshot Pistol and Rifle. In Hunternton, it's Tactical Training Center. In Middletown, Old Bridge Rifle and Pistol Club and the East Brunswick Police Training Facility. They even list in Pennsylvania, Charles Hines. And back up to the top here, in Monmouth County, the Monmouth County Rifle and Pistol Club. In Morris County, RTSP in Randolph. They have Ocean County for Shooters Sporting Center and Sure Shot Pistol Range and the Garden State Shooting Center and Shooters Sporting Center and the Buckeye Gun Club. In Passaic, they list the Patterson Pistol and Rifle Club, Reloaders NJ in Wayne, And the Woodland Park Range, which we all know as Gun for Hire. And Union County is Union County Rifle and Pistol Club. And RTSP of Union County. And finally, in Warren County, Gun Skills Training Group. So these are the ones that appear on the New Jersey State Police website. Look, I by no means mean mean to say they're the only ones that can certify folks. But plainly, if you do certify by folks that are on that list, it gives you that edge should anything be questioned about what you're submitting when you go for your carry license. Okay. Here's another letter from Robert regarding HP, meaning hollow point ammunition. Good afternoon, Mr. Knappen. I recently completed my NRA basic of pistol shooting. At Gun for Hire, during this course, one of the instructors stated, hollow point ammo is acceptable and legal to use in a home defense weapon. In fact, they stated it's only illegal in the commission of a crime. In reviewing 2C31, uh, sorry, 2C39-3F1 and all associated reference laws and regs, I'm struggling to accept the guidance due to the wonderfully ambiguous New Jersey gun laws. If I keep my nightstand home defense firearm loaded with hollow point ammo and God forbid I ever need to fire ammunition at a perpetrator, am I committing a crime by using that ammo or would it serve only as additional charges for my use of force, etc.? I want to use the best ammo for the job and keep my family safe while being legally compliant. I know carrying hollow point would be a different story, so I want to confirm its use in the home Defense situation. Also, is it true that hollow point ammo, such as Hornaday Critical Defense, which comes with a flex tip insert, is actually not technically considered hollow point since the bullet isn't hollow? Thank you for everything you do for the two way community. Love the podcast. Okay, so here's the answer you possess your firearm in your home under the exemption under NJS 2C 39 6E. It allows you to possess your handgun in your home. Now there is exemption for possession of hollow nose bullet under the hollow nose bullet law that allows for possession in one's home and from going from place of purchase to one's home. You can have hollow nose ammunition in your home and just like you can have your gun In your home and you can load your gun in your home with hollow point or hollow nose ammunition and you're legal because you're possessing the gun and the ammunition in your home and if you are justified in using deadly force in your home in whatever that given situation is and you shoot a bad guy with a hollow nose the use of the hollow nose bullet is not unlawful by you. Now, once you shoot the bad guy with the hollow nose bullet, the bad guy can then be charged with possession of a hollow nose bullet because there's no exemption for him in your home to have it. I'm just kidding about the last part, folks. Just a joke. No, you're allowed to use it. You can have it in your home. You can have it in your gun. You can use it in your home. Now, getting carry licenses these days, which citizens are able to do, you cannot carry hollow-nose in your carry-licensed uh, firearm that you have outside the home because there's no exemption for that. They did not exempt hollow on the street. No, no, no. They want you to carry high-penetration ammunition on the street so you can go through a couple people at once. You know, we don't want that one-shot stop. We want to, you know, you know, super penetrating ammo out there. It's ridiculous and stupid, but it is the law, and why should that surprise you that the law is ridiculous and stupid? But it is. So maybe one day they'll uh, come to their senses and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't have just high penetration ammunition on the street and we should make hollow-nose use- useful and legal out in the street. But in your home you are exempted in the street you're not now the critical defense ammunition yes there's debate about whether it's hollow nose or not but the state police on their website has specifically stated that critical defense critical duty etc are not hollow nose ammunition so that is something there that you can uh, rely upon I've uh, already had to use it where I had clients charged with unlawful possession of hollow nose, including the famous Roosevelt Twine case. That's exactly what he was charged with, when in fact he had the ammunition uh, by Hornaday that was legal and listed on the state police website. But it didn't stop him from initially having problems, as New Jersey is famous for doing. But yes, they're lawful. If you have the critical defense in your home, then even if they are hollow point, hollow nose, or determined to be such, you're legal to have straight hollow points there anyway, so that round is not a problem in your home. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens.